Well, hello out there in podcast land, and welcome to bizcastonline.com, an ongoing series of business informational podcasts created and produced by SCORE Naples. SCORE is a national organization with over 320 chapters around the country that provide free and ongoing business advice from highly experienced mentors committed to helping you succeed. We at SCORE Naples provide mentoring in every field and industry imaginable, whether you're a startup, a new business, or an ongoing business. With us today is Bud Stoddard, a serial entrepreneur, an angel investor, and the venture partner of Adrenaline Venture Fund. Bud, what is a serial entrepreneur? Uh, I did not invent cornflakes, Mike, um, but I did start seven companies over 30 years. I'm from the New England area. I started all those companies in greater Boston area, and they all had to do with uh, records management, document imaging, online storage, so records security and protection, whether it be digital or in paper form. What what does the serial part of it mean? Is it you, you're uncontrolled, you have to keep investing? Um, just I did several. So I did one and then I did another one. So I was a serial entrepreneur. How does that relate to being an angel investor? Well, I, I, I think I, lots of investors have never started a company, and so they don't know what that entrepreneur or CEO or founder is going through. I think one of the advantages that I bring, having been there seven different times, and the sixth and seventh one weren't any easier than the first and second one, I know what these uh, gentlemen and ladies have gone through in starting a company. So I, th- I think I bring a viewpoint that a lot of investors may not have having, you know, walked the walk and walked in their shoes. So I think that gives me an advantage, and I think it gives the the entrepreneur that I'm working with an advantage as well. It certainly gives a different perspective for an investor to have had the experience. How does Adrenaline Venture Fund work? What does it do? What's its purpose? Okay. We we fund early-stage companies. Um, We have two funds uh, based in Naples. The older one is the is the Tammy Amy Fund, which is about five years old, and we've raised um, about eight million dollars. We've actually uh, funded about sixteen different companies over that period of time. But those companies have to be in business a couple of years, have revenue, have customers, have some success. Um, most of the business plans that that we see are startups. It's they have no track record. And several of us within the Tamiami Fund said maybe we should do early stage companies. So the Adrenaline Fund was birthed last year to fund early stage companies. So we could take somebody with an idea. Um, I have a meeting with a, a lady this afternoon that I'm coaching and helping out who uh, has a business, but it's very early. It has very little revenue, but it has a lot of promise. and. Um, we would provide uh, funding in the form of a convertible note to that company. So the difference being not too many people or organizations do very early stage companies. And as we all know, uh, banks do not lend money to early stage or new companies. So angel investors are, you know, a place to go for those entrepreneurs who need startup capital to fund their business. What would a person who has a startup business or is thinking of a startup business need to bring to the table when they come to see you? Well, number one is a business plan. 
I spoke yesterday at the Naples Accelerator, and I, and I talked about fundraising, but I spent the first 20 minutes talking about the business plan. And, and back in the 90s, there were software programs, and people would create 92-page uh, business plans, and, and I think that's hooey. So I, I tell people I want to see a 10-page business plan. I want to talk about the product. I want to talk about the size of the market. I want to talk about the competition. Uh, do they have intellectual property? Um, and, and those questions that are important to understand for, for an early stage investor. But first and foremost, I, I think the business plan is for the entrepreneur. Clearly, if they've committed it to paper or, or laptop um, and thought it through, uh, they've got a guidebook. They've got a compass of where they want to get. It also helps them in, in uh, hiring those first employees because if, if I'm interviewing with you and you've got a good business plan, I say, you know, this guy's serious. He knows where he's going. He's thought it through. So I think the business plan serves investors, serves the entrepreneur, um, and, and serves, you know, early stage employees. If, if someone comes to you for funding, what can they expect from, from you, from the fund? Well, bottom line, probably a yes or a no. Um, they, they can expect to get quizzed and, and, uh, about their plan and, and see where they are in the process. Um, we're, we're very interested in the, in, in the entrepreneur's track record. If, if somebody like me has started several companies, hopefully I know something about it. I'm less of a risk than somebody who's graduated from FGCU two years ago and going off to become an entrepreneur for the very first time. And we certainly would entertain those people and, and finance some of those people. But if somebody's got a track record and, and has done it before, uh, that's a huge asset. Not unlike the Kentucky Derby, they spend hours talking about the jockeys and how many horses they rode and how many times they're in the Derby. So to a great extent, we're betting on the jockey as well as the horse. What, what else would you expect a prospective borrower or entrepreneur to bring to you other well, than a business plan? Well, well, clearly you got to have a good product in, in a big market. And I'd like to see them invest some of their own capital. So if somebody has a lot of capital and owns a house and has assets and they could put twenty-five or $50,000 in the company, that shows they're, they're making the bet along with us. Um, if they've got little or no assets, I might ask them just to put $5,000 in, in, in the business and borrow it on their Visa card or something because we want to see a commitment. Now, now most entrepreneurs early, early on are going to say, well, I'm, I'm putting in sweat equity. That's not quite the same as writing a check. Quite, quite. What can they look for from your organization in terms of the amount of funding and how does it work for the return that you would get? Okay. Well, we do small deals. Um, we do debt. Again, we're starting, you know, early stage with these people when they're just getting launched. So we might give them as little as ten thousand to twenty-five thousand uh, dollars. We do it in the form of a loan, but we tell them, you know, we'd like to see some milestones in the first three months or six months. And if you hit those milestones, and this is a real business, and you're proving that you can execute. We'll give you another ten thousand dollars and another ten thousand dollars. So we'd like to fund them over three or four tranches, maybe over a twenty-four month period, as opposed to saying, "Here's a hundred thousand dollars up front. 
go run with it and hopefully you, you're successful. Because we all know a lot of companies don't succeed. So we don't want to, we, we, we have expectations. To, to the second part of your question, um, we, we think that unfortunately half those companies will fail. We think 30% of them will uh, hit singles and doubles and probably one out of 10 will be a home run. And not unlike venture capitalists, that's kind of the expectation that they have. Um, we know we're going to have failures. And the earlier you are uh, in funding, uh, the greater the risk. The greater the risk, the higher return that the investor expects. You mentioned that some of your funding is in loan capital. Do you do investment capital for equity as well? Sure. But the, the point being, if... if um, this young lady who who we're helping currently, um, it would be uh, I'm helping her fundraise, and and if you said to me I'm interested in investing in that company, what's the valuation of that company? Quite honestly, Mike, it's almost impossible to say that company's worth three hundred thousand or or three million, because there's no track record, there's little or no revenue, uh, the the company's four months old. It, it's very early stage. So rather than trying to guess, because I'm not smart enough to guess and put a value on that company, we say, why don't we loan you the money in a convertible debt and we'll accrue 8 or 9% interest. And two years from now, once you have some track record, we'll put a value on that. And at that point in time, we'll convert the debt to equity. But it's too hard to put the valuation on it day day one. Right, so right. we think that's, frankly, a better deal for the entrepreneur mm. and a better deal for the investors. Are there any particular fields of business that you are more partial to? Not not really. We we um, very much want south Southwest Florida companies. We're, we're local, and and one of the reasons for that is that um, not unlike Score. You know, we work closely with the company. So we're advisors, we're board members, we're mentors. And if somebody's in Boston or Philadelphia, it's going to be hard for us to work with that company. If that person is uh, located at the Naples Accelerator, um, which, which this lady is, it's very easy for us to, you know, meet on a routine basis and help and coach and, and, and mentor. So we like local companies, but, but as, but, relative to industry or segment or or market um we're we're pretty broad brush we'll we'll look at anything um in terms of considering the the business plan isn't this rather an unusual approach that you actually get involved in helping and mentoring and advising rather than just supplying the money and waiting for a return yeah but i think it's the best approach mike because we like to say, again, like school, we provide intellectual capital uh, as well as financial capital. And our people, both in the Tamiami side and the adrenaline side, are successful corporate executives, entrepreneurs who have had um, good careers in, in, in their life and probably are pretty smart about a particular industry. Um, if, if, we, um, if we funded a B2B sales company, then I might be the mentor or the board member because that's where I come from. Conversely, if, if we uh, finance somebody in the hospitality industry, obviously in southwest Florida there's plenty of hospitality executives, 
but I wouldn't be a good fit there. So we'd look at our members, our investors, and say, who had a successful track record um, in, in the hospitality industry that could provide good, sound advice to, to this entrepreneur on an ongoing basis? Not, uh, not unlike what, what, what you guys do at SCORE, I'm sure. All right, speaking of SCORE, do you work with SCORE or do you just recommend SCORE to potential uh, clients? All of the above. We'd like to work with SCORE. I, I think it's a fabulous organization. Um, I, I think there's some great resources there. There's a lot of smart people. There's a lot of people that want to help entrepreneurs. So we, we, we think as investors, the more help, the more mentorship that an entrepreneur can get, the better off he or she is going to be because uh, these people are bringing expertise. And if it's a, a young entrepreneur, and not all entrepreneurs are young. Um, I think I was 63 when I started my last company. Um, but they're, they're bringing sound advice and counsel to the table. So we, we, we love that, and we think sound advice is invaluable because um, we've all made those mistakes that this entrepreneur is about to make, so maybe we can protect them from making some of the mistakes that we made you know, early on as entrepreneurs. You should write a book about all of this. It's funny you should say that, Mike. I actually did that. Um, I retired. Actually, I got fired for the first time in my life. When, when I sold one of my companies, I had a management agreement, as one often does, and a non-compete agreement. And I had a contract for one year, and after six months, the new CEO, my counterpart, told me my services were no longer uh, needed. Um, but he assured me I would get paid because I had a contract. So I went home and told my wife I was retired, and she said, well, not my problem. Figure it out. So she came home that night, and uh, she said, what would you do today? And I said, I started writing my book. So I wrote uh, over about eight months, I wrote Reflections of a Serial Entrepreneur, a Street Smart Guide to Starting Your Own Business. And uh, I think there's a few good tidbits in there, but it's my one and only book, so I'm did not you, writing another one. Did you have it published? I did have it published. Where is it available for someone who it, might want to get a hold of it's it? It's available on Amazon.com, like everything else on okay. the planet. And we'll give you another plug if you could repeat the title for everyone. Reflections of a Serial Entrepreneur, Bud Stoddard, in a mere sixteen ninety-five in paperback and twenty-seven dollars in hardbook, which is quite a value, Mike, in my view. Is it? Is it an e-book available, or no? Uh, no, it is not. Okay. I'd like to go back to the beginning. I've got an idea for a business. I have a business plan. What else should I look to bring to the table to help encourage you to give me the money? Other well, than my smiling face, yeah, of course. Yeah, and you've got quite a smile, Mike, I might add. Um, you know, yesterday I said it seems pretty obvious, but I said I can't believe the number of entrepreneurs I meet that don't have a good elevator pitch. You know, tell me in 15 seconds what the hell you're doing and what you're about. And I've, I've spoken to entrepreneurs and spent 25 minutes with them and walked out of the room thinking, you know, I'm a pretty savvy business guy, but I have no clue what they just said. And if they can't communicate that to me, they certainly can't communicate it to a, to a client or a customer or a prospect. So as simple and basic as that sounds, I, I think it's absolutely critical that you can tell me in two or three sentences in 15 seconds or less 
what what's your business, Mike? What what problem are you solving that people are going to be willing to pay you money for your product or service? And not a lot of people can do that and do it well. Well, I think it also helps them focus on exactly what their business is. Yeah, precisely. Good point. I'm curious. Is there any significant difference in the number of males or females who approach you for funding these days? And if so, have you seen any difference in the amount over the years? Yeah, uh, absolutely, and that's a, that's a great point. We're seeing a lot of female entrepreneurs, and I think statistically, uh, I read recently that more women are starting small businesses or new businesses than men. Clearly, from 10 or 15 years ago, uh, that's changed dramatically. Um, and and I, I think a lot of these people, male or female, are getting it at the college level. You know, Florida Gulf Coast University is one of my favorite places, and they do a great job with entrepreneurship. And Dr. Kawanui has built a whole program, and, and, and it's going to become a major at some point in time. And, and FGCU is going to differentiate from all the other colleges in the state of Florida, all good ones, by offering a, a program in entrepreneurship. So a lot of the entrepreneurs I see, men and women, uh, are coming out of Florida Gulf Coast University, and they've got the entrepreneurial bug at, you know, 22 years old, which is fabulous. I think in southwest Florida, there is a virus instead of an entrepreneurial bug. There's a school here in Naples you're probably very familiar with, Lorenzo Walker Technical College or High School. Okay. Now, they have an entrepreneurial program for young kids at the high school sure. level, which prepares them for college. Have you had any contact with them at all or any involvement of them? I have not, Mike, not okay. at this point. But but that's a good point because even from junior achievement uh, in, in high school courses, you know, kids are learning this stuff at 13 years old instead of 30 years old. So they're, they're getting the education, they're getting the bug, and if they grew up in an entrepreneurial household like I did, They've been around it since they, you know, could walk. So between the early stage education in high school or junior achievement or junior high um, and, and coming from a family where they experienced it with their mom and dad, um, that's going to arm them pretty well to want to be an entrepreneur when they're um, out of high school or college. Is there any particular type of business that you think has the greatest future for young potential entrepreneurs to look into? <laughs> Honestly, I think marijuana is a pretty good place to go. Um, I, you know, I think, I think any solid, good idea that has a big market um, with a motivated entrepreneur can be very successful. I love boring businesses. You know, boring can be highly profitable. And obviously, investors are investing in an entrepreneur to to get a return on investment. So um, we don't put the blinders on and say we like you know medical products or we like iPhone apps. We we try to stay very open minded. But um, I, I I think there's so many opportunities, and it, it's really a, a unique idea with a big market and a capable entrepreneur. Entrepreneur can be very successful. I want to go back to what you just said. I don't think it's a facetious remark. What do you see in the marijuana business that makes it an attractive business, an actual 
financially viable business with the elements of business in it that would be beneficial to an entrepreneur? Well, I, I, I haven't studied it, but um, my, my son is a, has a, a, de a degree in horticulture from Montana State University, and he's a certified horticulturist in New England. And I've actually urged him to explore it because a lot of business people, Massachusetts just passed uh, marijuana legally. Uh, the state of Maine passed it. I think, I think north of 30 states have now um, okayed at least medical marijuana. And it will attract capital. It will attract business. But somebody's got to understand, how do I grow the plants? You know, you need farmers or horticulturists or people who know how to grow things. So it's not just the the uh, the business side, the the knowledge side is is real important. And, and just because so many states, uh, look what's happened in Florida, you know, in the in the past several years, and the dollars and campaigns that have been lodged to to get this voted this past November. So I think I think it's a big opportunity. I, th I think you got to you know do due diligence, like you do with any business, but but clearly, um, there's going to be some significant business opportunities there. So I think you've touched on the core potential businesses, the fact that there is a new idea, a new potential market. What would you say as the most important thing you could recommend to someone who is wanting funding for a business other than having the business plan, what would be the most important advice you could give them coming in? You gotta want it. You gotta want it badly. You've gotta want it more than anything. Um, it's hard. It's difficult to, to launch a business. And I always tell people if, if they're married or engaged or have a significant other, you need your partner all in too. You're gonna have to go home some Friday and say to your wife or husband, um, we didn't get paid yesterday. I paid the other six employees, but then there was no money left for the CEO and founder. So, honey, put on the tuna casserole. We're not getting paid this week. And I sincerely mean that. It, it's, it's hard. It's difficult. And if you're bootstrapping a, a company from your own resources, which most new businesses do, um, it's going to be difficult. So you can have a great idea. Uh, you can have a great market. You can have a great product. But if but if if you're not willing to work really hard and miss soccer games and miss dance recitals of your kids, um, the, your likelihood of success is is less than fifty percent. So I think commitment, I think enthusiasm, I think self-discipline to say I want this and I want it badly is um, more important than anything. Bud Stoddard, serial entrepreneur, angel investor. Venture Partner of Adrenaline Venture Fund, we thank you very much for the insights. Thank you. So guys and gals, thank you very much for listening. And remember, SCORE is always there for you with free, ongoing, continuing help and advice for your startup or your existing business. At SCORE Naples, we have over 60 outstanding business experts ready to help you. Check out our podcast site, bizcastonline.com, for new podcasts or previous podcasts that are held in our archives. There's no better deal around. So long for now.